Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The gentleman knows a lot about his business. His business is Notre Dame fighting Irish athletics, particularly football. Blue and Gold Illustrated. Joining us again, Brian Driscoll. Brian, thank you so much for being with us again. Uh, great information the other day. and We wanted to get you back on to preview the Citrus Bowl. We talked a lot about Notre Dame and they. Bill does advertise behind this offensive line. Take us through this offensive line, Brian, and since you've been following it, Brian Kelly, uh, a lot of upperclassmen on this offensive line, I think four of the five interior linemen are either seniors or graduates uh, in, in the graduate school at Notre Dame. This is this was their year, and, you know, I don't. we talked about this, not the end that Notre Dame wanted, losing two out of three, but that, that stretch – uh, when they went, you know, that seven-game stretch, that's when Notre Dame became known nationally and, and was in the running for a playoff spot up until those last couple of weeks. And it really was the offensive line that fueled it. You know, and there was a lot of – obviously, look, when, when the offensive line does great, it's the skilled players that get all the love, right? There was the Heisman campaign for Josh Adams, but it was really about the offensive line because at that time it didn't matter who Notre Dame put in the game. When Dexter Williams, their third-string running back, came in and ripped off a couple 60-yard runs early, they brought in their fifth-string running back at one point in time, Deion McIntosh, in the second half against North Carolina, and he ran for 124 yards. So it was really about it was the guys up front. And, you know, when you look at a veteran, team, a veteran group of players like you'd mentioned, you have Mike McGlinchey, a fifth-year player, a third-year starter. Quentin Nelson, senior, third-year starter. Dan Mustafer and Alex Bars at center right guard, seniors, two-year starters. And then they had a freshman and a redshirt freshman rotating in at right tackle, but they were so experienced in those other positions. And they had a fifth-year senior tight end, which I thought also played a big role in their run game this year. And this is kind of the, the year that everybody's been pointing to. And it wasn't just that they were veteran. Look, you can have veteran players that stink, right? It's that they were veteran players that were talented. Quentin Nelson was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Alex Bars was a top-100 recruit coming out of high school. Sam Mustafer was an Under Armour All-American. Mike McGlinchey was a guy uh, that I thought had tremendous upside coming out of high school. And both Robert Hainsey and Tommy Kramer, right back, were all highly-ranked players. So um, it, it was talented players finally getting to the point that they needed to be. And, I, and look, a lot of credit has to go to Chip Long, an offensive coordinator, because he came in in year one, and he said – what are the strengths of our football team? We've got a young, inexperienced quarterback. We've got inexperienced pass catchers. But you know what I got? I've got a really talented offensive line and, and a talented back. We're going to build around that, and that's exactly what they do. Brian, uh, looking at Notre Dame defensively, uh, particularly down the stretch, the, the defense was on the field far too much. The Miami team did what they do. They fed off of turnovers. And then Stanford kind of executed what they like to do. David Shaw is a physical team and, uh, you know, pretty much gave him a, a, a dose of running and were able to mix in some play action. What is the biggest fear you have for this Notre Dame defense in areas matching up where you feel LSU will try and exploit on offense? I think I think there's two areas that concern me. I think for the most part, personnel-wise, Notre Dame matches up fine with LSU. I think they've got a, a deep, and mostly veteran, at least in their starting lineup, defensive line. They bring in some young guys off the bench. 
freshmen and sophomores, and they're too deep. They're very experienced at, at linebacker. The two concerns I have really involve the secondary, and the safeties this year for Notre Dame have been very erratic. At times, they've played solid football uh, against the run, and at times, they are always where they need to be, but they don't always make a play. You, you know what I mean? They don't always make the tackle. They don't always take the right angle to the football. If that happens against LSU, they're going to get hurt bad, and it's not just the run game, and where I think a lot of uh, non-LSU people don't appreciate what this offense does is, yes, you have to worry about Geis and Williams running the football, but you also have to tackle those guys in space in the pass game as well. I think they had almost 40 catches this year uh, at the running back position as well. So you're putting your secondary in a, in a really tough spot having to tackle those big, play, big guys play after play. And then when you finally figure out a read on them, you've then got to contend with DJ Chark running it over, you know, running over past you. And so to me, that's the two spots where if Notre Dame can't tackle effectively and consistently, I can see LSU turning four-yard gains into 15-yard gains, 10-yard gains into 40-yard gains, and I can see DJ Chark doing what he did to Auburn, which is really changing the entire momentum of that game with some big plays. And speaking of that, a good segue there, uh, Ryan, when you talk about it, okay, uh, you know, turning a small gain into a big gain. Well, that's what Adams is, you know, cashed in on this season, leads the nation and yards after contact, averaging over five yards after uh, first initial contact with leads uh, all uh, FBS Division One schools. So, you know, I would think – you look at those numbers, LSU has been a pretty good tackling team. They, they This may be their toughest challenge on a guy that obviously they've not faced anybody because he leads the nation in yards after contact. And a big part of that, again, goes back to the offensive line. Mm -hmm. When you watch the yards after contact, a lot of that is linebackers coming in late trying to get a hand on them. It's not like you know Devin White stepping into the hole and they square each other up and Adams runs them over and keeps on running. Right? That's usually not what it is. It's it's the line blowing a line, the defensive line off the ball, getting the combo blocks to the second level, and then linebackers kind of coming off late and just getting a body on them, but not being in position to stick them. And that's really where Adams has had some, some success. Right. What happened in the last three games of the year, especially the two losses, is safeties were able to come down and hit Adams after, you know, pretty early. Okay, so. They were putting numbers in the box, and Wimbush was not able to make the throws early in the game that he had been making early in the season to, to, to back that off. For example, Notre Dame you know, went on the road and beat, a, I think we've seen a pretty good 10-win Michigan State team by 20, right. and it wasn't that close to the game. The first series of the game, Brandon Wimbush completes four passes, including a 40-yard post route uh, that set up a touchdown. Well, after that, Michigan State says, what do we do? I mean, we can't, we, we can't, we, if we stop the run, this kid's killing us with the pass game. Same thing happening at USC. You know, they ran for 300 and I think 383 yards, 377 yards against USC, but their first two touchdowns were, were over-the-top passes. Well, once that happened, USC had to back off from stopping the run, and that's when the run game took over. In, the, in November, they weren't hitting those passes against Miami. Notre Dame takes the first drive right down the field, They've got Equinemius St. Brown open for a post route that should have been an easy touchdown, and Wimbush misses them. Notre Dame has to punt, and then the route was on. And so, to me, that's really the key to this game is if LSU can get its John Battle, if they can get Grant Delpit, if they can get those guys down in the box and have them make a lot of tackles on Josh Adams, then now it's up to your talented corners to say, we're not going to let you complete balls on us because that's really the key 
to Notre Dame's success is being able to, to get balanced early in the game. And finally, quickly, uh, right when you talk about uh, Adams, would you be fair to say that team speed, you know, we talk about the SEC conference, what they do, but, you know, runs of 73 yards, 73 yards twice, 84 yards against USC and 77. Leads the nations of seven runs of 60 yards or more. Does he have good breakaway speed? I mean, is that it? Or is this something he's, again, goes back to your offensive line where he's just pounding everybody and he runs free? It's a little bit of both. You know, I think Adams has surprisingly good. He's he's that second-level speed guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's some back that just, man, they just explode through the line. He's not that guy. He's more of a once he gets to the second level and gets those – he's 6'2". Once he gets those long legs going, you're not going to catch him. But he's not a guy that just is going to outrun you to the edge, you know, and, and turn a turn a jet sweep into a 50-yard gain like C.J. Prosite did against LSU in 2014. He doesn't have that kind of breakaway speed. But once he gets into the second level, uh, and again, a lot of those runs were with the, everybody down in the box, the line blocks it up, and once he gets through the linebacker level, there's nobody there. So it's a little bit of combination of both. Brian Driscoll, Blue and Gold Illustrated, giving us the latest on Notre Dame. All right, Brian, this is a tight one according to the odds makers. They see it coming down the stretch. going to be decided. The line is three, three and a half. Give us your take. How you think this one's going to wind up today between LSU and Notre Dame? You know, honestly, I think, uh, you know, I just really feel as I look at this game, I feel like this is a, a situation, and, and you're not going to want to hear this, but I feel like we're going to see the team from Notre Dame that we saw in September or October that yeah. just pounded everybody. I think this is a motivated team. This is a little bit of a pissed-off team. Their pride got hurt in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't think LSU can consistently throw the ball well enough to, to score enough points to beat Notre Dame. I think this is a game that's competitive uh, for three quarters, but I think in the end, Notre Dame's tempo and their run game wears USC wears LSU down, and they're able to pull away in the fourth quarter. Um, but is, is the key for LSU is if they can force turnovers, then all that's for naught, and that's where LSU has a chance to win this football game. Ryan Driscoll giving us the latest on the 9-3 Notre Dame Fighting Irish Blue and Gold Illustrated. Brian, thank you so much, my man. Good stuff. We appreciate it, and enjoy the game. Thanks for having me on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.